Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Well, um, the last couple of studies we've been asking the question, why October 7th, 2015 is the likely end of the world? And we've started with going back and reviewing why May 21, 2011 was Judgment Day, that God locked in that date. And also, we saw how the 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation, which ended on May 21, 2011, fits perfectly with 1,600 days of judgment on the world to form 10,000 overall days of judgment and in our last study, uh, last Sunday, we, we looked at 10,000, the number of completeness, uh, the number 10 in the Bible. And so today, I thought it'd be good if we could take a closer look at the number 1600. The number 1600, which we, we get from Revelation 14 and verse 20 where it says, And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Sixteen hundred furlongs set in the context of Judgment Day. Now, I've heard some, actually one person, say that this is pointing to Christ being judged uh, that that the wine press and the blood spilling out uh, has to do with Christ being slain, but the context won't allow for that in any way. If you read verses 14 through 20, it's clearly the end of the world. It is the final judgment of mankind that's in view, and it's the wicked that are under the wrath of God. That this is the same wine press as in Revelation 19, in verse 15. It says, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And obviously that is God's wrath on all of the unsafe people of the earth, and it's the equivalent verse. It's also mentioning the winepress as it it is here in Revelation 14.20, Uh, So there's no possibility that this is anything other than Judgment Day, which began on May 21, 2011. And that's significant because we have that date locked in by the Bible. And we also know that there's a prolonged period of judgment. And the question is, how long will Judgment Day be until it's completed? That's what we've been searching for all along. What will be the duration of Judgment Day? How long until God completes it? And so that's why 10,000 is so important. You take 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation, the exact 23-year period, and 1,600 days from the number God gives us here of 1,600 furlongs. We also discussed how there's biblical justification for understanding furlongs as days, a measurement as time, and when you put the two together, 8,400 plus 1,600 
It forms 10,000 days. 10,000 since May 21, 1988, when judgment began at the house of God. And, and time has been counting ever since. Day one was back then, May 21, 1988. Then day two, all the way to May 21, 2011, there was day 8,400. And then judgment day began. And again, it was like the, the counter continued. 8401, 8402, until we get to where we're at now. I don't know what day it is now, but I do know October 7th, 2015 would be the 10,000th exact day since God started the judgment at the house of God. And, and even that language, judgment begins at the house of God, implies it must be completed. That's just the beginning portion. So the Great Tribulation for 23 years was the beginning of judgment. And we thought, well, God will complete it on May 21, 2011. And we had thought it would be five months and then it would be completed. But we were wrong about understanding that reference in Revelation 9. It was not a literal five months, but a figurative five months until it would be completed. And the actual time, uh, in all likelihood, as this says, strong likelihood. I think we have a little bit too many likelies in here, though. Just one likelihood, will, strong likelihood would do. That, but in all likelihood, 1,600 days plus 8,400 days will be the duration. Now, if God had said specifically that the blood comes out of the wine press by the space of 1,600 days, then we would think, well, you can't take that literally because it's the book of Revelation. And when God mentions three and a half days in Revelation or a thousand years or 1,260 days, every single number is a figurative reference. Not, no other number is literal. And that's where we made our mistake with the five months of Revelation 9. Now we understand that figuratively, which puts everything in its proper order. And, and so if God would have said 1600 days, we would not think 1600 days. But since he said 1600 furlongs, and we understand this is the Bible, and God hides truth in the Bible, he speaks in parables. Without a parable, he did not speak. And, and then we, we search, um, the scriptures and we see that there are references to measurements that relate to time. Like in Psalm 39, we can get the spiritual teaching that the furlongs do typify days. And and then the 1600 days combined with 8400 days makes that perfect 10,000 days. And if that 10,000th day had fallen on the 15th day of the fifth Hebrew month, it wouldn't mean anything. It wouldn't mean anything. Or if that 10,000th day fell on just any day that was not significant, it wouldn't mean anything. But when it falls on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, and also the last day of harvest, and in Revelation 14, the context is harvest. It's Christ thrusting in the sickle 
and commanding to reap in the day of harvest. And then the number he provides, 1600, takes us to the last day of the Feast of Harvest this year, the 23rd day of the Hebrew seventh month. Then it becomes very significant. Well, what about the number 1600? 1600 is a a special number. It's a very special number because it breaks down to 40 times 40. 40 times 40. There aren't many numbers in the Bible that, you know, have that kind of emphasis on the number 40. It, it, it probably is the supreme number that, that places emphasis on 40 because it's not like 80, which is two times 40, but it's 40 times 40, which means you, you can count one to 40. And then start counting again, 1 to 40, and do that 40 times. And that's what 1600 is. 1 through 40, 40 times. And, and we know in the Bible that the number 40 points to testing, uh, trial, and judgment. I don't know if you were aware of that, but it does point to judgment along with testing in some places. But let's look at how it points to testing first. In Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it says there, Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. And, and then it continues. So the Christ goes into the wilderness and he doesn't eat. He has no food for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan comes in and tempts him. It's um, like when Satan entered into the Garden of Eden and tempted Eve. And of course, Eve and Adam fell for it and were deceived and committed sin and disobeyed God. And that's what Satan was trying to do. Get the Lord Jesus Christ to disobey God on whatever point. Satan doesn't care. He doesn't care uh, in anyone's life on what area you're disobedient. He just wants you to be disobedient. And, And so if he could get the Son of God, eternal God himself... To disobey him on whatever matter, then he would have the same victory over God that he had over man created in God's image. And of course, it didn't happen. God, the Lord Jesus, did not sin and and rebuked him. And it says in verse 10, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou serve. But the important thing we're looking at is the number 40. Jesus wasn't fasting for 38 days in the wilderness, but 40 days and 40 nights. And there's a doubling of it too. God could have said he fasted for 40 days. And we would assume that included the nights because that's how we use our language. Well, how long did you go away? I went away for seven days. 
well, we don't think they, they left for the day and came back in the night. We, we understand they were away day and night for seven days. Yet God very specifically says 40 days and 40 nights. And it reminds us of the flood account in Genesis chapter 7. It says in verse 4, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And, and we know that the seven days, spiritually, each day can be a thousand years. The second Peter chapter three says one day is as a thousand years. So historically, it was said on the tenth day of the second month of Noah's calendar, yet seven days. And then the seven days passed. And on the seventeenth day of the second month, God brought the flood. As it says in verse 11 in Genesis 7, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So it's repeated again. On the seventeenth day of the second month, it began to rain. And how long did it rain? Forty days and forty nights. And why did God have it rain for forty days and forty nights? Couldn't he have caused the deluge with thirty days of rain? Or, or maybe more days of rain because there was such an enormous amount of water that it was higher than the highest mountain by 15 cubits. And why not 50 or 60 days of rain? But he brought the rain on the 17th day of the second month and had it rain exactly 40 days and 40 nights. And we know that that was the judgment of the world of that time. God destroyed the first earth. And we also know that this relates to May 21, 2011, because 7,000 years later, on May 21, 2011, uh, God shut the door of heaven. It didn't rain on that day, but God brought judgment. And, and so the reference to 40 days and 40 nights of rain, which destroyed the earth, we, we didn't see anything like that. But if we're understanding things correctly, there was a number 40 in view. 1,600 days of judgment is 40 times 40. It's not a doubling of 40. It's much more significant and a greater emphasis than that. It's 40 times 40 that is taking place where God is judging the world. All the while, the door of heaven is shut. He's ended his salvation program, but in having it rain 40 days and 40 nights on the 17th day of the second month, it could be that he is giving some insight into the duration of Judgment Day that turns out to be a very likely 1,600 days, and the number 40 is key in that number 1,600. Uh, let's take a look at Deuteronomy 25. Now, in Genesis 7:11, we saw how the number 40 is involved 
with the date of judgment, and that ties into May 21, 2011. In Deuteronomy 25, God also uses the number 40 in relationship to judgment in the first three verses. It says there, if there be a controversy between men and they come unto judgment, that the judges may judge them, then they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. And it shall be, if the wicked man be worthy to be beaten, that the judge shall cause him to lie down and to be beaten before his face according to his fault. By a certain number, 40 stripes he may give him and not exceed, lest if he should exceed and beat him above these with many stripes, then thy brother should seem vile unto thee. So the Lord is saying that in judgment, the judge may pronounce a judgment of 40 stripes. He, he cannot pronounce 41. And we know since God is under his own law, this means the law of God indicates there's a limitation to the wrath, to the punishment of God concerning sin. There cannot be a place called hell where people suffer forever and ever and ever without end because there's no limitation on the punishment. And God does speak of judgment day as the meeting out of stripes in Luke chapter 12. Remember where he says that uh, there are some that receive more stripes and others less stripes. Those that knew his will receive more. Well, that means more wrath in the day of judgment. But there's a limitation according to the law of the Bible. Forty stripes you may give. What's that tell us about 40? It's the maximum. It's the limit. It's the completion of punishment. You can't go beyond 40 because if you do exceed 40, you've broken the law of God. Of course, now, now, of course, 1600 days is more than 40 days, but it's a spiritual principle that God is establishing with 40 that there must be a set limitation. A just judge cannot just continue to beat and beat and beat someone with no end in sight forevermore. This law alone proves there is no eternal place called hell and eternal wrath upon the wicked. That it would be a violation of Deuteronomy 25 in these three verses. So we we know that. But also, God is indicating that 40 is involved in judgment and 40 has to do with the maximum penalty in wrath and in ministering the stripes and pouring out the wrath of God. 40 is set as the, the final limitation. And so when we think 1600, 40 times 40, it's as though God is making reference to this law here. I'm going to go right up to the limit, to the boundary of the law of God as far as the completeness of punishment. And the 10,000th day is also the 40th time 40th day on October 7th, 2015. That would be the 1600th day since May 21, 2011. And it, it seems to tie in with um, adherence to this law in Deuteronomy 25. 
Let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8. And I'll read the first few verses here. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which Jehovah sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which Jehovah thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee. See the word prove, that's the word test in connection with the forty years to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, just as Christ was hungry in the wilderness, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Jehovah doth man live. Thy raiment... Wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so Jehovah thy God chasteneth thee. And uh, here God is speaking of the forty-year wilderness sojourn that he mentions also in Numbers chapter 13. It says in verse 23, And they came unto the brook of Eshcol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. So Israel, if you remember, was in Egypt... How long were they to be in Egypt according to Abraham? When would they come out? After being afflicted 400 years. 400, 10 times 40. That's why it was on my mind. 10 times 40. And, and right before they came out, Moses, when he was how old? 40. Thought he would be the deliverer. And yet he was 10 years too early. Because he didn't understand the, the reference to afflicted rather than the full actual time they were in Egypt. And, and so he was wrong. And then he was driven out of Egypt and went to the wilderness for how long? 40 years. So 400 years is approaching. Moses is 40. It's not quite right. He leaves for 40 years, comes back 80 years old, which is two times 40. And then Israel is delivered from Egypt. But, of course, they're rebellious people. And and God has them first search the land, the promised land. And there are 12 spies, each from the tribes, that search the land 40 days. Caleb was one of the chief among them. How old was Caleb when they searched the land? Forty. Joshua 14 verse 7 says Caleb was 40. They searched the land for 40 days, come back with an evil report, and God pronounces a judgment, which, of course, will be 40 years. As it says in Numbers 14 in verse 1, 
and following, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath Jehovah brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. And this is after hearing how big and strong the people of the land were. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And then if we go down to verse 27, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith Jehovah, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which he said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness." After the number of the days in which ye searched the land, even forty days each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. I, Jehovah, have said I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. So is that just a test, or is that... A test plus judgment. The 40 years was a punishment for their murmurings. It it was to punish them so that they would die as they wandered around in the wilderness and and their carcasses would fall. And, And God says in another place, he's sworn in his wrath. I think it's in Hebrews 3. That not one of them would enter into that land. So he swears in his wrath. Forty years of wrath. Forty years of testing at the same time. And, and that's what God has done on May 21, 2011. Not forty years. And we can be thankful for that. <laughs> it's not forty years as far as we can tell. But forty times forty days of wrath. 40 times 40 days of testing for the people of God. Now, notice the similarities between Israel and their deliverance from Egypt and what took place on May 21, 2011. I I jotted down a few. How many Israelites left Egypt? All. Were there any left behind? Now, what does that point to? We know Egypt... The house of bondage, God calls it. Pharaoh, a type of Satan. Moses, the deliverer, 
the Lord Jesus Christ delivers all Israel. Who would they picture? All of the elect. Now, when all of the elect, not one left behind, is delivered from Egypt, that would relate to God saving all of the elect held in the spiritual dungeon of captivity to sin and to Satan. And God on May 21, 2011, that's the deadline the Bible gives us, said that the world had up until that time to beseech him, to cry out to him, because he would complete his salvation program by that day, which means that he saved the last one to be saved before he shut the door of heaven on that day, and thereby saved all spiritual Israel, delivered all Israel by May 21, 2011. So there is a, a similarity between the coming out of Egypt and the spiritual deliverance of the people of God. Israel wandered 40 years. The elect, it appears, will be tested 40 times 40 in 1600 days. God speaks of that 40-year period as a single day. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says in verses 8 and 9, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Why doesn't it say days? No, because God, he has this called the whole period of time as a single day. It, it's his prerogative to do that if he wants. And, and so it says, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. So the whole 40-year period is called the day, singular, of temptation. And we're living in judgment day, the Bible insists, singular, although it's a prolonged period of time of a likely 1,600 days. So there's another similarity. Now, oh, uh, I, I didn't point this out as we were reading Numbers 14. Numbers 14 in verses 32 and 33, it says, But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. The word wander, which God does use the word wander in in other places when he speaks of wandering in the wilderness, so you can almost kind of skip over it. But it's only translated as wander here. Just about in dozens of other places, it's the word feed. It's the word feed that relates to feeding sheep. Um, It's the word that's found in Ezekiel chapter 34. And it's used many times in this chapter. But in verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold and a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. It's only translated as wander. It it has nothing to do with wandering around in a wilderness. It has to do with feeding sheep or animals. And God says, your children shall feed in the wilderness 40 years. And he says that because another similarity 
is that God likens those that came out of Egypt to a flock of sheep. In Psalm 78, in verses 51 and 52, and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. So the Israelites were a flock of sheep. And what does Christ say in John chapter 21? In the time after the tribulation, after the great catch of fish is brought in, the 153 fish that typify the great multitude, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times the purpose of God for this particular period of time after the tribulation is to feed the sheep. God fed the Israelites in the wilderness over the course of 40 years after that great deliverance. And now he would have his people, the great multitude that he saved out of the great tribulation, fed uh, spiritually in this 1600 day period. Well, maybe, you know, the most encouraging similarity is that after 40 years, what happened? What happened to Israel after the 40 years? They entered into the promised land. (laughs) They crossed over Jordan and they entered into the promised land, which typifies heaven. And so our hope and expectation is after 40 times 40 on that day, the last day of tabernacles that God relates Two, on, on that last day in the Gospel of John, I will raise them up. The, the Bible does relate the last day of tabernacles to the resurrection and to the rapture. That's a fact. And October 7th, 2015 is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles and therefore qualified to be the day of the resurrection and of the rapture in which God will raise up his people and, and then the people of God will enter into heaven after going through the period of testing and period of judgment simultaneously. Well, these are a few of the similarities. So we can see that um, as God is using the number 40 in association with Israel in the wilderness, it does relate to um, this present period of time. Now, we also know that there's there's a severe test and trial involved with the number 40. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. And here it says, beginning in verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as your partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And then it continues and it leads into the verse that says judgment must begin at the house of God. It is set in the context of the beginning of the end, the great tribulation. And, and so this statement in verse 12, beloved, the Lord is speaking to the elect when we, we read that word. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial 
which is the triu. And I, I miss this when doing the study of Revelation. This word fiery trial is only found three times in the New Testament. Once here and twice in Revelation 18. And I didn't notice it. Uh, in Revelation 18, beginning in, uh, in verse 9, it says, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. The word burning is the same word as fiery trial. And it's repeated in verse 18, And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? So the, the context here is the fall of Babylon, and Babylon falls after the historical 70 years that typifies the Great Tribulation. It's Judgment Day. And the word burning relates to the, the time immediately after the Tribulation. So if we go back to First Peter and substitute the word burning in verse 12, it actually is a more accurate translation than fiery trial. They came up with fiery trial because it didn't make sense to say burning. It, beloved, think and not strange concerning the burning, which is the triu. The burning. Think about that. The burning, which is the triu. And that reminds us of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The day will declare it. The gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. It's tried by fire. It, doesn't it say that there? Um, maybe it doesn't use the word try. It says in verse 13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Well, think it not strange, brethren. That who's God talking to? People in heaven? Or is He talking to people on the earth? Of course he's talking to people on the earth. We're the only ones who would think it's strange. Think it not strange, brethren, or beloved, excuse me, think it not strange concerning the burning, which is to try you, because you will be left on the earth in the day of judgment. Remember that statement in Isaiah chapter 24 in verse 6, Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left, because many are called, but few are chosen. So the inhabitants of the earth are burned. They're under the wrath of God. For all intents and purposes, they're destroyed. It is a matter of utter annihilation, utter destruction at the conclusion of this period of time. But the elect, the few, are left were alive and remaining on the earth unto the coming of the day of the Lord. And God keeps His people. He holds them fast so that they endure unto the end. And He calls this a fiery trial. Now in uh, Daniel chapter 12, in Daniel 12, we've, we've read this a few times, uh, many times, in verses 9 and 10. It says there, and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. 
many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So we'll be purified, made white, and tried. And this relates to the fire. Fire tries. It refines. The word try is strong 6884. And it's the same word that's translated as uh, refine in Zechariah chapter 13 in uh, verses 8 and 9. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith Jehovah, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I'll bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. The word refine is try. The same word is in Daniel 12.10. I will try them as silver is tried or refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say Jehovah is my God. So I will bring them through the fire and will refine them as silver. Now, there's a very interesting statement in Proverbs. In Proverbs 25, it says in verse 4, Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer, or the refiner, that's the same Hebrew word, 6884, the trier, who is God, he's the finer, so, but but you have to take away the dross from the silver. And when we look up the word dross, it relates to God uses it in connection with Israel, the unsaved within Judah, that they were like dross. Uh, he says in Ezekiel 22, beginning in verse 18, Son of man, the house of Israel is to me become dross. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace. They're even the dross of silver. Therefore, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, because you're all become dross. Behold, therefore, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace to blow the fire upon it, to melt it. So will I gather you in mine anger and in my fury and I will leave you there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath. And you shall be melted in the midst thereof, as silver is melted in the midst of the furnace. So shall ye be melted in the midst thereof. And ye shall know that I, Jehovah, have poured out my fury upon you. So that's um, the process. I was trying to learn about the process of, of purifying silver, and I was... You know, Googling it and, and trying to find out what I could. But today they do it differently. They use chemicals. Uh, but uh, there are still some who use a furnace or a fire. And they put the silver or the ore into the fire because it, it will burn away these impurities that are called dross. And it, it makes the silver more refined, pure. And they actually may do it more than once. There is an initial process, and then they, they put it in this thing called a crucible into the furnace, and, and the fire continues to heat it and purify it more and more. Now, it appears that what God has done 
is he started the process of purification by bringing the judgment on the churches. That was step one. That was the separation of the wheat and the tares. That was basically burning away the dross. He burned away the dross from the silver. The silver being the true believers. As he called out his people, we know that the wheat come out and the tares remain behind. And finally at the end of the 23-year Great Tribulation period, all that were still in the church were bundled as tares for the burning to be destroyed. They're, they're like dross. Well, here it says in Proverbs 25, 4, take away the dross from the silver, step one, judgment on the churches, and there shall come forth a vessel for the refining, for the finer. That is, once you have the dross removed, it's the process isn't complete. Now you have a vessel for the finer that will be tried and purified even more. Uh, and, and so that appears what God has done. He, he started the process with the judgment on the churches. And now in judgment day, he's completing the process with the, the severe testing and trial of those that profess to be his people. That he is refining them as silver is refined. Well, I, th- I think we'll just end here. Uh, the number 1600 is very interesting with this 40 times 40. And especially as it adds up to 10,000. And as it falls on the last day of the Feast of Harvest or Tabernacles on that day. But Lord willing, in the next study, we'll look at that significance of it being the last day of tabernacles and the last day of harvest let's end here and close with a word of prayer dear heavenly father we do thank you for uh, your word we thank you for never leaving nor forsaking us and and that you are always with your people after salvation that your people are um, eternally saved and can never lose salvation and and father we we thank you for uh, being with us ever present in our life that as the world changes and as society changes uh, men are very movable things are very movable and and are all are seeing corruption and and so we could be troubled if we were to trust in men, if we were to trust in people, and some, they're, they're, uh, greatly disturbed because it could be they placed over much trust in the, the, um, things of this world, in society, in government, in, uh, in what, what people believe or in what the world, uh, practices and teaches. Yet, Father, your people are never moved. You make us unmovable. And we stand fast through your spirit. And, and Father, we thank you that you are an anchor of our soul. And, and so we have always uh, confidence, always uh, we have that strength uh, that, that you are with us. And, and Father, we thank you. Uh, we just see our, our tremendous need of you, the more 
the world goes the way it's going far away from you. Uh, we, we see the great blessing that we have in praying to you, in reading your pure holy word. And Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you that, uh, we still have Bibles that we can read and, and your word is still a light unto our path. Father, we pray for everyone here. We ask that you would bless all or those listening. And especially today, help us to uh, do your will and, and to uh, get the best benefit out of today that we can. This Sunday, your holy day, we, we pray that you would uh, bless your people. And we pray also for our families that you would bless them and our neighbors. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.